Hey everyone, and welcome to another new episode of Time Extend. My name is Adam Ismile, and as always, I am joined with the lovely Brendan Rodison, and today it's just Adam and I, so unfortunately if you were here for the GT Planet crew, those guys aren't here, but the reason for that is we're finally going to discuss the Grid series, and the first two games, I don't know about you Adam, but I'm pretty psyched about this one. Yeah, it's about time, to be honest. Um, you know, there are so many series that we've covered uh, from Gran Turismo, obviously, to Wipeout to Ridge Racer. Uh, Grid is a newer one, but Grid's also a very topical one because, as I'm sure a lot of people know, we've got the first game to come out in the series in, what, six years? Uh, coming out a month from now, um, about a month from when we're recording this, uh, on October 11th. That's when the new Grid is coming out. Uh, but before then, uh, about a week from now, on September 19th, we have Grid Autosport coming to a Switch, which is actually very exciting for me, uh, because like you, Brendan, I, I never really got the chance to play much of Grid Autosport when it came out, so the Switch will be kind of my, you know, like, definitive Grid Autosport experience, and I'm willing to bet that's true for a lot of people. Yeah, for sure, and there's no denying the fact that this is the first proper racing game on Switch outside of um, V-Rally. <laughs> um, and, well, I think a lot of people are actually interested in it for that reason. Um, Feral Interactive are dealing with the port and they've got a fantastic track record on the Linux side of things. And uh, even the iOS port of Autosport was very well regarded. And from what we can tell, and this is why we've kind of made this decision to talk about the first two games and not Autosport yet. It seems more likely that Autosport will actually be able to compete with the new game in terms of playability and content. So um, I think October's going to be a great month for Grid fans. After so long, it seems like Codemasters are finally giving the series a bit of love. Yeah, I mean, Grid Autosport on the Switch looks way better than you'd expect. And just the idea that Grid is coming back at all... Uh, it, it always seems strange that Codemasters kind of left the series in a weird place all those years ago. Uh, it, it seemed like we've been ripe for kind of a reboot or a third game in the series for years now, and we're finally getting it now. But I, I remember earlier in the year when we heard the grid was coming back, I was shocked. I know you were shocked, so... It's, it's exciting. It's also given us a good reason to go back and revisit, especially the first two games in the series, uh, Grid 1 and 2, which it's crazy to think about, but these games are, I mean, Grid 1 is like 12 years old, which is like, where does the time go? I, mean, yeah. I, I, remember, I remember when this game came out, it was, I think I was graduating eighth grade, so I was about to go into high school, and it was a summer... Uh, when that game came out and I just spent weeks playing it so kind of the last summer of my childhood is um, will always be linked with Grid uh, for better or worse and it's weird because at the time uh, as, as we'll go into I don't think I really loved the game like it just like there was just something kind of off from what I was expecting uh, but revisiting it now um and especially revisit revisiting the game on the pc where you know today we can run these games at you know peak frame rates peak performance beyond what was even possible at the time um it's given me a whole new appreciation for the game yeah same here um i guess that's what's fairly interesting about these conversations because 
um, playing these games on PC compared to what I remember from console, it just feels like an entirely different world, almost. Um, obviously, when you first download the games, they might not run at quite optimal uh, resolution or frame rate, but a few quick setting tweaks and you're playing a game that could pretty much pass for a lower end PlayStation 4 game, which is pretty crazy to think about. Oh, absolutely. Like, I won't say this much for the first game, and I want to kind of hold a lot of my opinions about Grid 2 until we talk about Grid 2, but there are moments where I was playing Grid 2 on my PC where I was like, yeah, this this could almost pass for a current-gen game, and um, it kind of shows you that, like, especially over the last generation, the technological leaps have kind of not plateaued, you know, we're still making advances, but they're not quite as noticeable and as glaring as they were going from generation to generation, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, it's a different time. And so it's good because we can still revisit revisit these games and have a, you know, have a blast. Like I was doing the same thing with uh, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit uh, when I wrote a Need for Speed retrospective for Tom's Guide, like almost a month ago at this point. Um, so yeah, it, it's always good that you can still find these games, play them on PC and, uh, Brendan about like every, I feel like every week you send me a different, like, <laughs> you know, one pound or, or whatever code for this, like 12 year old racing game that I haven't played in ages. And I don't know like where you find these codes or like these weird websites, but you can just like, you can just snag codes for games like grid and need for speed hot pursuit any racing game that's come out over the last 15 years or any game for that matter on pc for like next to nothing and it's great because i have this brand new pc that has a totally empty hard drive and i'm just like snapping up these codes <laughs> left and, right and playing these games again for the first time in forever yeah it's fantastic um like you said that i've pretty much been trying to find whatever i can um to play on pc in terms of racing games in the past decade or so and that includes obvious ones from my perspective, like Sega Rally, Revo, but then also like one of the games I bought not to derail it was Need for Speed to Run, and that's a game for me. You were you were playing Hot Pursuit, so I decided to play the run, and I was just shocked at how well that game held up compared to how I remembered it. But it was even better. But to bring it back to Grid, yeah, it was a bit of a no-brainer when I seen just how cheap you could pick it up. And in terms of time extend content, like we've got these new games on the horizon. Um, we both enjoyed these before, but we also had our reservations. So I think that's a good place to start, I suppose, in terms of setting expectation that me personally, I, I always loved the idea of Grid and the atmosphere and stuff. But the actual gameplay was always the area I felt it was lacking in. But in returning to it, on PC especially with the 60 frames per second, it's almost as if the handling is a bit more pal palpable and I can understand how the car reacts. Whereas from the PS3 days, I remember that was my main complaint. Basically, it was one of the reasons I really couldn't stand the drifting in the game. Yeah, so all those years ago when I played Grid for the first time, I was really disappointed because what I wanted was Toka Race Driver 4. And Grid was not that game at all. Um, not just because it wasn't as realistic because for the time the Toka games were considered pretty realistic but it just took a lot of liberties with things like for example the the, the one I always go back to is the 24 hours of Lamar because they went to the trouble of getting the license in the game yes yeah. uh the circuit de la Sarthe is in the game but you know you've only got like eight 
or 12 car grids or whatever it is, um, you know, because of the system's limitations at the time. And the track itself is incredibly wide. Like, it's it's kind of amazing. Like, you know, Lasarth is a very, it, it's an iconic track and yeah. parts of it are very dangerous and very narrow and very fast. And this game just makes it feel like you are driving in the middle of a parking lot when you're on the Mulsanne. And uh, stuff like that really bothered me because it wasn't the authenticity that it, it, it was going for authenticity or sorry, it was going for, you know, style and spectacle over authenticity, which bugged me at the time because that was at the time that wasn't a very Codemasters thing to do. I mean, Dirt, you know, the first Dirt game kind of set a precedent for that, but Grid, I felt like went further in that direction. Um, only all these years later, when I returned to the game, was I able to put those feelings behind me and appreciate it, not not in spite of what I wished it was, but what it actually was, which is a really brilliantly produced, fun, and just like, the, the word I keep going back to is visceral. No racing yeah. game, not even the most realistic racing games out there, get like, the sheer like the jarring nature of racing the the points where your your car is leaving the ground and you crash against the ground and you hear the noises and you see the sparks and the screen shakes a little bit and you make contact with our cars and then the noises and the tire squeal and all of that like grid gets those so right it really to this day i mean it's pretty phenomenal especially if you're wearing a pair of you know decent gaming headphones or something like that or a real headset where you can just immerse yourself in that just there's something about the way this game moves that feels so real even though as you said the physics don't yeah it's it's one of these hard things that's, it's so difficult to quantify and only the developers and the, the game directors would know exactly what they did to get that effect but it just feels like as soon as you hit that first race at San Francisco and you just, as soon as you see all the cars leaving the start line, it just, the, the atmosphere of the racetrack is right there, not to go down Buzzword City, but you just get this vibe that the people making the game really cared about racing and they realised that that doesn't actually have to rely on very realistic physics or how well modelled the cars are, but just in the sense that everything kind of feels alive, the crowd is vibrant, you, you, you see, there's loads of little little additions, the crowd is actually vibrant, so that's a huge plus, um, you can hear horns, that type of thing, and it isn't just some side effect you hear if you go right beside the crowd and listen very harshly, like in most racing games, you hear it as soon as you get on that track, after the, the weird cutscene at the very start of the game where it zooms in from Earth into San right, Francisco. Right. Very weird. Very weird. And you hear that crowd right away. And from that moment, especially as a racing game fan where these type of elements are often ignored, it just kind of grabs you and you're like, whoa, what is this? And then you hear the roaring of the engines. And it isn't even down to how realistic the engines sound, but rather just how angry angry the cars sound yeah. that's it <laughs> it's hard to describe man like and as soon as you like you're saying you hit that first curb on the first straightaway and you would think you just fucking went through a pothole you actually you right. feel the impact of that tiny little bump in the road yeah and it just puts you on edge from that point forward that entire first race 
essentially sums up what grid is an experience offers and that is basically what you've said it's a visceral experience of racing and i'm not talking about like the way say shift 2 tried to market itself like that with unleashed in the title and this overly dramatic approach grid just focuses on the core elements of what makes racing special and amplifies it to 11 basically and that that includes the sound design and as a result the soundtrack as well because we've talked before about the use of soundtrack being as important as the actual music itself and while we're still talking about gameplay i don't want to go into it too much but the way grid uses its soundtrack is very restricted to important moments within the game and even sometimes the race in terms of the Le Mans 24 hour and it just adds to the experience because it always feels like it's going to surprise you from a design perspective when you least expect it. And to me, that's what Grid accomplishes. It manages to unsurp your expectations even after the first race. If you've put in your name, the game says your name. And like at that time, in that time period, that was fucking wild, man. And there's just loads of little touches like that. Signing sponsors, earning cash... It just, it captures the core elements of the racing genre without throwing it in your face as a look what we managed to accomplish, which I guess is what makes Grid such a unique package. It's only, it's it's never understated. Everything it does is just amplified and it does pretty much everything so well that the lacking physics engine is just not a problem. Yeah, I mean, you encapsulate everything perfectly and there's nothing in there i disagree with i think it's interesting you mentioned shift 2 unleashed or or just the shift series in general because yeah that was like striving for kind of a violence and like a grittiness that felt unnatural and felt dramatized i don't get that from grid though you know it it's definitely it's over the top compared to other racing games but you know i've never raced a car in real life i've never been on the track and well that's not true i've been driven around tracks in real life um so for about 10 minutes i have experience but i don't really have experience doing this um so when i play grid it feels again not in terms of the physics it's very hard to explain if you haven't played this game before yeah. i mean if you're listening to time Extend, you probably have but if you haven't you have to play it to understand what we're talking about. It's not the physics. It's, there's something else that feels, as you said, alive and feels authentic and feels the way you imagine racing, going at that speed, hitting a curb, making slight, even slight contact with other cars. It hits you the way you imagine those things would hit you. And I think that's why the game leaves that impression. Uh, as a car alarm goes off in the background <laughs> here in, in Brooklyn. Um, and you do hear things like that in Grid. Yeah, it's... As an experience, it's pretty much unrivaled in that regard because we've not even touched upon what is probably the most passive element of the game that really makes a difference. The AI. We're talking about cars that not only race you and will try dangerous overtakes, but they also spin out, and I'm not talking about in maybe a scripted fashion you might see in a rally game where a car's just sitting at the side of the road, or cars that always spin out in certain places of the track, which would unfortunately plague games like Grid 2 in the future. We're talking about you're racing in a pack, and you see a guy like three places up, off the racing line, and you're just like, shit. 
<laughs> like you know it's going to happen and you see it happen and you half expect the game to protect you from that in some way but it doesn't the car fucking flies into the tire stack <laughs> into the car in front and everyone just gets like not even totaled because that would be letting you off easy you get involved in the scuffle and then your fucking rear wheel axle goes or something, the car's in bits, and then the, your race engineer's on the, the dial telling you that a guy's just crashed, despite the fact that you're part of it. But you're and, in it, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just so good at that. And it's a great showcase for the amazing damage model that this game had for the time. Um, and, and when these incidents happen, like, there are lots of games that try to dramatize racing by dramatizing the crashes. And I guess you could say Grid 1 kind of does that, but it doesn't, again, it doesn't do it in as egregious a way because a lot of the times, like one of the first races I did in the game when I was going back and playing it again is like an FIA GT race at like Jarama, which is a track that I totally forgot existed until I went back to Grid. <laughs> and uh, I was coming up on one of that track's like five hairpins. And there was an incident that had pretty much already taken place as I was arriving and cars were getting back onto the track. And it's moments like that that are important because if you look at other games that try and play this stuff up too, and go too far with it, the crash would happen two feet from wherever you were, cars would hit you, There, someone would spin out violently and parts would shower all over the road. And those things kind of do happen sometimes in Grid, but it's more the quiet moments. Like when you, like, and when I say quiet, relatively speaking, it, it's more of the incidents you notice as you're driving that make the game feel real. Like, oh, those cars came in contact with each other. Oh, that guy brushed up against the wall. Like, that car's, you know, only got two wheels on the ground. Stuff like that, <laughs> that you notice that, again, just adds to the immersion and adds to the in the environment the the atmosphere of racing and sometimes those will be massive incidents and sometimes there'll be little mistakes but that's racing and that's something that i think you know all these years later as i become older and more mature and watch more racing i have an appreciation for that now that i didn't have before yeah exactly and it's it's like we see it's it's all the little things like the big crashes are great and they're fantastic to be part of. But in reality, like you say, it's it's seeing something happen way in the distance that really doesn't impact you, and it might not even impact the two AI's races. But it's just the fact that it happens and it keeps you on edge the entire time you're racing. It's one of the few racing games where if I'm driving really badly and I'm not quite performing well, I, I won't just reset the race. I, I, I'll actually keep driving because there is a chance and a realistic chance, it's not like a scripted chance something like that would happen, but it's possible a crash happens and brings you back into the fold again. And there's not many racing games that can really boast that. And I, I think from a te if we look at it from a, a technical level, um, it looks anyway from the outset that grids, cars, the entire pack, including yourself, all use the same set of physics. And as a result, all the cars react the exact same. And that's something that we maybe think that all racing games have and should have but I think there's plenty of examples from that era that people have done tests and stuff in the more realistic racing games and found that it's possible AI drivers might be using simplified physics models for streamlining the game performance but when it comes to grid like every it feels like every car is the exact same when you crash into them they don't act like tanks and barely move 
Um, there, there's nothing like that here. It feels like actual vehicles having a race. Yeah, and the game discourages you from making contact with other cars because anytime you do, it's it's guaranteed to ruin not just their race and not just your race, but both of your races. And I, I don't know why more games don't do that, you know? I, I don't know why over the last however many generations of video games, even this technology has improved, that you still get so many racing games, even games like Gran Turismo that, like, that are otherwise realistic, that discourage you from making contact in so much that when you hit another car, they're an immovable object, and you are not. Yeah. Because why why not just, you know, why not just make the force distribute as it would in real life? Because you don't normally want to contact other cars. I, I mean, I understand that, you know, obviously simplifi simplifying the physics um, kind of helps you avoid those situations in grid. So it's that weird situation where, like, the game is not a simulation in as much as the way the cars handle, but it is a simulation in, in the way that if if you get into an accident it usually spells more issues and you yeah. know potential problems for you than if you crashed into someone or into a guardrail in forza or in another ostensibly more realistic game as somebody might say so it's a very unique blend of physics and collision detection that kind of makes a game like totally unique and and there's there's nothing else really like it that is this punishing but also at the same time not if that makes any sense like you know the physics we're, we're kind of dancing around the physics thing and i think it is fair to say like neither of us really like them i mean it, it kind no. of has the it has that early ego engine issue where and dirt was dirt one was the exact same way where you just feel like the cars kind of slide around on axis which you can kind of get by with in a rally game because you're you're drifting a lot in the rally game but you're not doing that as much uh, <laughs> in a circuit racer where you're on asphalt so you know it it works you said you didn't like the drifting actually drifting was one of the things i enjoyed the most when oh, i returned okay. to this game Fair. <laughs> to, be, to be brutally honest but um but yeah it doesn't it definitely doesn't work to me like when you're when you're driving the prototypes you know it just yeah. it's not right you know because you you feel like those are cars that you know they're they're one overriding attribute is grip and you find yourself kind of doing like four wheel drifts and locking up the inside tires and like ending up in heaps of smoke in like an Audi R10. And that's kind of strange. So, you know, the physics aren't perfect by a long shot. There's not much road feel or really tactile feedback, but at the same time, for all the reasons we're describing, it works against all of the judgment that we would have playing racing games our entire lives, it, it shouldn't, but somehow it did. Yeah, because um, for, for a comment on the physics part of the discussion, if we're going to be brutally honest, and this is the way I feel about it especially, once you go over, say, about 400 horsepower, that's when the, the, the bad part of the, the handling engine really comes out. And the touring cars, the old muscle cars, and the, the kind of slow open wheelers, it feels fine enough. 
But once you start driving the supercars and stuff within the game, that's when, like you said, the lack of grip is very weird and it becomes difficult to understand what the game wants you to drive like. But it's so easy to hand wave that because it gets everything else so right. And that just goes against, like you're saying, everything we use to judge a racing game, we're probably being so hypocritical now compared to how we've talked about other games. But it's like you said, you've really got to play it to experience it. And you've, you've just got to feel that authentic race experience because we often talk about driving simulators. I would say Grid is more of a racing simulator. It just understands why we love racing and puts it in the perfect video game format by amplifying everything around the driving. And yeah, maybe the driving isn't top notch, but so much of the surrounding elements of the game are that good that it's easy to, to give it a pass. Yeah, and, and all the stuff on the side of, you know, even the, the gameplay experience as it is, you have kind of a a pretty loose team element, but the conceit of the game is that, you know, you've started the racing team, you start the game by driving for other, uh, other teams, and then eventually you start your own. Your garage improves, you get in there a car, you get a teammate, you get to make your liveries. It's stuff like that that this game does really well, but it it's not like... You know, it's not like Formula One with the skill tree or something like that. It's not like uh, a game that you and I have been playing a lot lately. It just came out, WRC8. It's not that involved. Um, but it also feels more authentic than, for example, Dirt Rally 2.0, um, which we kind of don't think gets the the team-based career correct. Ironically. <laughs> Ironically. Um, but no, I, I think this game's a perfect balance. And also, like the mix of licenses and cars uh, is very interesting uh, because yeah. I'll never forget that this game for some reason has Daytona prototypes in it which um, <laughs> I have a sense because a lot of people listening to this are obviously like car and racing enthusiasts but I would hope that most of the listeners outside of the US don't know what like the Rolex Daytona series was because it's been replaced by IMSA in the last like couple of years but there yeah. used to be this this split where you had like the American Le Mans series and you had like the Rolex series the Grand Am Grand Am was what was what it was called and Grand Am had these like horrible horrible prototypes <laughs> called the Daytona prototypes that were basically like NASCAR tube frame chassis but then they had like vaguely sculpted bodies over them and they looked like you know they looked like bumper cars almost um sure. like the brumos porsche and the ford duran whatever the hell but th those cars are in this game which is very strange and uh you also have like a grid of you know fia gt cars and like all the different liveries you have like a good chunk of the of the cars that competed at, at Le Mans in 2007 or whenever it was. So it's pretty phenomenal uh, what they put together for his game and you know the the course design, um, the tracks. Actually, now that I think about that, no, okay, there there are there are a few real world tracks in the game, but most of them are actually fictional. But yeah. they're really really good. So like, good. Um, yeah, like San Francisco, we mentioned Milan was a favorite. Oh yeah, uh, the Washington D.C. track. One of my favorite fictional courses in any game uh, is Okutama, because it has this like short, kind of not really short, but like more traditional like GP course. Yeah, and that is like 
only a smaller version of the entire track, which is almost like what I imagine like Spa was like 70 years ago. Like all of a sudden you leave kind of like the, um, you know, the, the, the modern racetrack where you have these like massive runoff areas and these huge grandstands and you go up into the mountains and then you come back down the same way. It's phenomenal course design in this game. Yeah, for sure. The fictional track design is pretty much on another level throughout. Um, the the Milan track especially. Just fantastic fun to drive on. And it's one of the, the first times that you come toe-to-toe uh, -to -toe with Ravenwest. I know you, you aren't a big fan anyway. Adam, we went this but... far talking about Grid and we did not mention Ravenwest yet. I know. It's like... I, I feel as if I betrayed you. Pretty amazing. <laughs> but yeah, like... Um... That track is just a great combination of high-speed sections, and when there are corners, they are not... It's hard to describe, but they don't feel pointless. Like They, they feel like overtaking zones in a high-speed track, which is actually fairly rare, because outside of high-speed ring and Gran Turismo, a lot of high-speed tracks tend to be afterthoughts, but in this game especially, it feels like a real track, like... It could be used for Formula E or something like that, given they always use city circuits. Um, but yeah, the, the fictional track design oh. and the, like you were saying, the, sorry, what was that? No, the Formula E comparison is very good because like it's kind of, it's narrow. Yeah, exactly. You know, definitely proves that you can design engaging street circuits. I mean, obviously it helps if they, if they don't have to, you know, exist in a real world, but the, the, Street circuits in that game are just, yeah, as, as you said, they're on another level. Yeah, for sure. The, the, street, the streets, like, designing a street circuit in games that's fictional is incredibly difficult nowadays, I feel, in terms of getting good ones. But um, Grid, especially here, nails it, and the, we talk about the physics engine's deficiencies. But in terms of how the fictional tracks are designed, it almost feels as if they were designed specifically for the physics engine funnily enough so they're actually great fun to drive because of that yeah i think that's why too that we enjoy those fictional tracks so much because when you're on a real track in this game it it doesn't feel right and i can actually say like yeah. drive club for example <laughs> didn't have any real circuits in it but each location in drive club had a racetrack that was pretty traditional and like something that could exist in the real world and those were easily my least favorite parts of the game because the physics engine drive club was just as as much as i loved it it just wasn't designed for an actual racetrack you know for that i feel like you need realistic physics in a lot of cases you're expecting to go into certain corners with breaking points that you remember from other games and you can't do that if the physics are wildly different than anything else that's out there so um so yeah but i mean that's a small part of the game and, and as we said um so much of the environments that were designed are really imaginative
And I feel like that kind of is a good segue into Grid 2. Yeah, because, I would say so. You know, in some ways, it feels a little bit like a step back. I, I get the sense from a lot of people that they just as critically acclaimed and as many people loved grid as did at the time i feel like most of them just didn't stick around for grid 2 but my hot take is that i actually think this is a better game than the first Ooh. <laughs> all of our points about it being this incredibly visceral alive racing experience aren't quite as prevalent here I, I but i think that's because i think that's because we have already experienced it one time before and it's just not like it just doesn't come at you as hard the second time i think it still exists a little bit and i think it i think that energy is still there it's just maybe a combination of us having played the first game and known it very well and also maybe a conscious decision to tone it down a little bit but i think in terms of the core fundamentals this game is better i i mean the physics are still important to me in the sticking point and i think that grid 2 is a more fun driving game than the first one to be honest yeah i mean grid 2 is a strange one because i will be honest um when i first played it because i wasn't that impressed with the physics of the original grid anyway when they removed, not removed, but when they, they kind of put a dampener on the whole racing environment spectacle, it just didn't grab me compared to other racing games that had been released around about that time. Um, but I think that kind of plays into unrealistic expectations almost. Like you were saying, we already experienced an authentic racing experience. How do you improve upon that? You really can't, given how well Grid pulled it off. So it becomes a case of what did I expect from Grid 2 at the time and why didn't it live up to those expectations as opposed to is this a good racing game? So I'm, I'm more than happy to hold my hands up and say that it was probably at the time a case of oh, they changed what I liked about this game, therefore I can't get on with it. Um, and I guess that is a bit sad because I played a good ton of it on the PS3 and enjoyed the, the kind of WSR career modes. Um, the live routes was pretty cool as well. Um, just happy to see anything better than GT5's fucking track creator. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know what it is about Grid 2. It almost feels like after leaving it for so long, it felt as if it was a necessity to bring out a Grid 2 as opposed to a labour of love. And I don't think that was actually the case. But it just feels a bit too sterile for me, and as an arcade racer, it's perfectly fine. Like you've said, from a gameplay perspective, it is probably better. But it almost feels like you've got too much control in this game, ironically enough. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is just a case of, it's different than the first game and therefore bad. But like, the first game's so loose and drifty, like we were saying. Yeah. But in this yeah. game, like, I remember, I think they coined it Real Feel, or something like that, the handling engine. And I think it was like Games Radar or something that did a preview and described this as some sort of like Gran Turismo Forza esque handling engine, when in reality it couldn't be any more far removed. And I think that was one of the reasons why, especially having kept up pre release, I was just a bit confused about what Grid 2 was trying to be. 
because the real fuel handling engine didn't feel that realistic to me <laughs> and from an arcade racing point of view I don't know I just feel the physics are a very standard affair and although that makes for good racing arguably better than the first game in terms of actual gameplay it just felt a little bit sterile by comparison but that could be the sequelitis thing basically rather than any deficiencies against the game itself yeah i i appreciate the extra little bit of control that you have in this game i mean some cars have too much grip and it's the cars that you don't expect like when you start playing the game and you're driving like you know a nissan 300 zx or something like that is just like pretty much a bone stock sports car that shouldn't have all the grip in the world yet does in this game it's almost like you're driving like i don't know like a impreza sti rally car or something like that um so yeah it it isn't at all real in spite of the way that it was kind of pitched i i think you you get to an interesting kind of scenario at this time where you have a lot of racing games that are coming out that are like our hand like they feel the need to suggest or or go on and on about how their handling engines are as uh advanced or refined as yeah. gran turismo's or forza's yet these games are not as punishing and I don't doubt that a lot of work goes into a handling model that isn't necessarily a simulation handling model, but it, it almost kind of results in a muddied message where it's like, the more you talk about all of the data that goes into the physics, the more you make this game sound like it's something serious when it's not. And, you know, arguably the whole point, you know, to an arcade racer uh, when you're having fun is to not worry about that stuff and just drive the car. Yeah. And I think you can do that very well in this game. I just think that, yeah, maybe there was um, some mixed messaging there on the marketing side. But otherwise, you know, I, I think the game is a lot of fun. I really appreciate, um, and this sounds like a small point, but it's not. Um, the massive reduction in bloom lighting in this game is a breath of fresh air because yeah. Grid 1 has it, <laughs> has it, so bad, which of course it does because the game came out in like 07 or 08 and Grid 2, but at this point, you know, we're four or five years on and uh, the developers, co-masters and the rest of the industry finally realize that, hey, we not everything needs to be orange and um, we don't need to always have the sun glaring into our eyes. <laughs> um, but it results in a game that I think visually is one of the finest looking games of yeah. that generation. And not only that, and this is something that, that you had uh, talked about earlier when we started the show, and I wanted to say off the bat, but I wanted to hold until a Grid 2 discussion. If Codemasters had released this game on PS4 or Xbox One, which basically would have meant they would have held on to the game for what? Like another nine months, probably? Because uh, Grid 2 kind of came out at the tail end, I think, of, of the generation. Yeah, yeah. And if they put this game on those consoles and all they did was up-res it to 1080p, would have been a smash hit. Easily would have been the finest racing game on either of those consoles at launch. So I really don't know why they didn't just hold on to it a little bit longer. I feel like it could have made a massive splash because it really does feel like, you know, it's, it's arguably a next-gen experience for that time. I think... Um to kind of discuss it's an interesting point to bring up because 
Codemasters didn't have a great start to this generation in general. Um, even their Formula One games, the very first one that came out was pretty much panned because of um, glitches and graphical deficiencies. And just in general, apart the content was um, fairly scarce, especially for that series, given what we'd seen in past consoles. And yeah, I mean, Grid 2 is a stunning game, especially, as we've said before, and we don't want to keep iterating on it because it is more powerful hardware, but on PC, this game, like, graphically, it can still compete. It really can, and when you're playing yeah. it at a silky smooth 100 frames per second or something, like, it's just a, it's a spectacle to behold, and you've got those incredible replays from the original game returning as well. All uh, right, we didn't some... even talk about them. Yeah, yeah no, I, I just remembered that there. Um, across the board, the replays in the grid series are just phenomenal. Like, the combination of music and camera angles, especially when the first game rolled around, was something we'd never seen before. Once again, not in terms of the visuals and capturing what happens on the track, but in making it seem like a, a racing movie, almost. It's like mm-hmm. watching Rush. <laughs> <laughs> And it's, yeah, um, Grid 2 improves upon it again because we we don't have brown and bloom on our face. I still blame Gears of War for that whole trend. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's such a crisp-looking game. And uh, especially on PC nowadays, there's absolutely no shame to be had in terms of how it stood the test of time. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's aged so well, and you can still enjoy it today. Um... Yes, yeah, so some of the changes from this game, I think it was interesting that they they went for a totally different kind of, um, I guess you could say, like, conceit for the career mode in that it's less of, like, you're starting a racing team, you're competing in all of these real-world racing series, and it's uh, it goes for this kind of narrative where there is this new series starting called World Series Racing by this very you know rich benefactor i don't know dude who just like is kind of uh i can't remember his name but he's uh he sounds like a character from test drive uh from that test drive game we talked about a couple weeks back um because he's just like the stereotypical like i've got lots of money i want the best racers in the world to uh (laughs) to compete against each other for my pleasure so he does uh but when you start the game the series hasn't been created yet so you end up basically like trying to recruit these other teams to this guy's you know racing championship that he's starting and then that's a very short point like moment stage of the game i guess and then you end up actually participating in the series and it kind of changes at that point because then you kind of get to control your own destiny more um it's still very early on, but you, you get to choose the events you want to do more and kind of decide if you want to drive muscle cars all the time or if you want to do GT racing or drifting or whatever. So um, it, it does eventually kind of end up more or less in the same place as the original grid, but it has a lot of this other fanfare around it, including something I totally forgot about, which is that they actually went to the trouble of recording Sports Center clips of like interviews. Oh, yeah. With this guy, with this this dude who started the World Series of Racing. And these are like 
they have a guy from ESPN. He looks familiar. I don't know if he's an actor or he was actually like an ESPN anchor. I can't remember. But um, he's interviewing this guy, and this guy's talking about how there's never been a series before <laughs> that takes the, the grip drivers of Europe and puts them against the raw speed guys oh, of man. America and the technical guys of Japan. Like, And it's very cheesy, <laughs> and it's it's very silly, and it's super like late. 2000s early this decade because it's also like mired in all the social media and like you need to get fans and shit so so yes it's 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 a lot it's it's a little bit extra but at the same time it's it weirdly works for me like (laughs) you believed in this so hard that you went to the trouble of like shooting live action footage for this like I don't know. It's it's impressive. It's probably like an unnecessary expense uh, of the budget for this game, but whatever. It, it was it was weirdly impressive. It's the commitment, basically, yeah, like the, the yeah. commitment to go for that, and I think especially around about that time period, Codemaster seemed pretty interested in f- framing narratives in racing games. And there's the infamous right. Dirt Free quote, don't forget to upload that clip to YouTube <laughs> any time that you yep. did anything in that game. Yep. But that also followed a similar structure of, hey, we want to get through these series. Uh, maybe Ken Block will let you do a, a Gymkhana event. Um, <laughs> <laughs> People forget a lot that Codemasters used to do that all the time, yeah. even in their more, you could say, you know, realistic racing games back on the Xbox and PS2, like uh, Race Driver 2, had a huge story to it and like your your team boss was like this uh very stereotypical <laughs> scottish yeah. dude wearing like a a jackie stewart cap or whatever and it's they've been doing this for a long time so it wasn't necessarily anything new um although i do wonder like you don't have espn in the uk so yeah <sighs> I mean, if if you remember watching this, like they confu- were you like what sports center? Because like in the U.S., it's an institution. Like sport, ESPN is the sports network. Sure. Sports Center is like their daily news program that airs like f- five times a day in five different iterations and covers like that day in sports. So I have to wonder it was confusing to people not from North America, which again is funny because they are a British development team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, through pop culture and TV shows, Sports Center. Is just I would I would say that over here most people probably know about it in terms of references and TV shows like um, there's a big fan of Scrubs for example like it was always okay. referenced and the, even the theme song do, 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 do. Yeah. like we know we know that shit even though I've never watched it in my life because it's just kind of been ingrained through that type of thing so although I'm imagining people over here watching it would rather have like a, a Sky Sports reference which would be our sure. ESPN of course um, it, yeah I, I do wonder why they went down the, the ESPN route but I guess it's to kind of tie it into the overall theming of the game which is a very much an American dream like you're saying of bringing together all these racers and stuff that just wouldn't happen in the UK like it's not the type of thing that anybody here would want to explore but it's very much a grandiose let's bring everybody from the world so America can be crowned champs <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's very strange it's one of those things that like 
when they say that in the game and they're like, there's never been this series before with everybody from different disciplines. Uh, well, I, ta I was talking to my friend. He was like, well, there was like the IROC championship or whatever in the 70s that did that. But that notwithstanding, I was like, yeah, I guess that isn't really a thing. I mean, there's a race of champions. But then I, I stopped for a minute and I was like, but why do we need that? Like, who cares? <laughs> like, I don't need to see, I don't need to see, like, uh, uh, I don't know, Chris Meek go against, like, Charles Leclerc against, like, Kyle Bush. I don't, that's, why? It just, it's unnecessary. Not so they mentioned the drivers really wouldn't care. We see how rarely they like going out of their discipline anyway. So, like... It would take something really fucking impressive to, to get Lewis Hamilton in a, a rally car, for example. I mean, although, to be honest, it's probably a bad example because I think he pretty much would. If he could, he would probably try and dominate everything. I won't be surprised if he goes for a triple crown at some point. But, like, there'll be other drivers. It's just, like, I drive open wheelers. That's it. <laughs> I don't care yeah. about these other disciplines. Well, you know, it, it reminds me, and I am not a golf fan at all, but, like, you know, like, the last... Um it was the 2016 Olympics and you basically had all these golfers say that like they didn't really care whether or not they showed up for you know golf in the Olympics because it doesn't matter to them because they yeah. they just want to win the Masters or they just want to like they want to win the big cups they don't really care about the Olympics so yeah I don't know it's just like it, it is strange but at the same time you have to appreciate the commitment I mean they, they came up with a story to this. It is kind of a silly story. Lots of racing games have bad stories. Um, but it it's somewhat immersive, and uh, it does affect the way that the career unfolds because you end up doing different events and kind of doing these, like, tests to find more talent for, for the series. And, like, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird, but... Yeah, it's one of those things, though, that I feel like a lot of people don't know about because I don't know the numbers on Grid 2, but it's just not a game you hear talked about nearly as much. Yeah. Um, when people think about Grid, they think about the original pretty much, and it's a shame because although Grid 2 isn't my favourite in the series, it, it did accomplish something, like you're saying, because it's so dedicated to what it's trying to do, and it's something we, we quite often... I criticise some racing games nowadays for not quite committing to what it's trying to accomplish, whereas Grid 2 very much lives and dies by the whole WSR concept and uh, the, the kind of the gimmicky elements of the game don't make it a sideshow, the racing is still the main event and at the end of the day it, it's still another feather in Codemaster's cap as far as I'm concerned and yeah, I, I think it's it's a, it's a good racing game. It really is. When I first played it, I was very disappointed. But as we've kind of alluded to, I think that was just purely because we we didn't really have a clue what the best approach for a sequel to Grid was like. And and I can imagine for Codemasters that was insanely difficult too. Yeah, and. Again, as, as you said, it's important to stress that the rest of the game is, you know, it's not just this gimmick and everything else is empty. Uh, pretty much every aspect of the game was sort of punched up in one way or another. Um, there are more, uh, very, there's a more varied roster of cars. Um, there are new tracks, but also um, there are some old ones that return, right? 
Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure there is. There's a few. I can't remember off the top of my head what ones it is, but I'm pretty sure so, there's a few Returnals in there. Yeah, so you get that. Um, they really fleshed out the customization as far as before the livery either was very simple. I mean, you, you can't, like, you know, you can't paste layers onto your car like Forza or GT Sport, but uh, in Grid 2, you have different kinds of, like, patterns that you can use that are also more, like, detailed and kind of, like, um, have more paintable areas. So it's not just, like, you have to do a two-tone design. Like, you can put, like, five or six different colors on your car or whatever, and then they also have, like, different paint styles and materials, so you can do glossy and matte. All these things matter to me because, like, I spend forever making my team, and when I played this game again the other day, I just, like, before I knew it, I had spent an hour trying to come up with my livery that I applied to all my cars. Um, you can change rims and stuff like that, so they flesh out the customization. Uh, and it, I have to say, too, the damage model is, like, I mean, we were talking about Grid 1s, and Grid 2, like, it's really impressive, and it makes me realize, like, they, I don't see games where cars disintegrate like this anymore. And I was watching an interview um, with the director of the game, Ross Gowing. He basically said, you know, they, they pushed it as far as the manufacturers will allow them to. And I know a lot of developers say that, but when you play this game, it does feel that way. Yeah. Like, I mean, doors fly off the cars, like there's like cracked windshields and stuff. And like a lot of the manufacturers don't like that. And that's why you don't see it in many games. So I am legitimately, legitimately impressed that, that they were able to do that, and I hope that uh, the new grid uh, continues that kind of uh, ambition to uh, not make everything look a little bit too safe and a little too sterile, because it, it does add to the atmosphere. It's pretty much what the game is about, the atmosphere, the series, sorry. So, I mean, that's the... The kind of the small concern we have at the moment in terms of what we understand about the new grid, I think we would agree that we're just a, a little bit concerned that that atmosphere might be left behind. But I do have confidence that Codemasters know that's the reason that we really enjoy the games, and they they do listen to fans quite a lot. We we've talked before about what Dirt Rally two point zero lacked, but they did hone in on the elements people loved from the first Dirt Rally, and in Dirt Four, um, they focused on bringing that experience, the authentic experience, to the more arcade elements together. So hopefully with Grid, and it seems like they they have realised this based on gameplay and interviews so far. What we love about this series is the way that it's able to convey a racing environment, and you you were talking about WRC eight earlier as well. And that's something I would describe as a, a motorsport sim in the sense that you've got all of that control at the team level and I'm sure we'll discuss this in more detail at some point too in a later podcast but like WRC 8's maybe on the motorsport sim area, Gran Turismo is a driving simulator although becoming more of a racing sim uh, but Grid especially it's, it, it simulates the racing environment and the racing experience first and foremost and it's a, maybe a bit of a controversial statement but I'd argue those two can exist without an incredibly complex physics engine and Grid is a living proof of that as a series Yeah, yeah I think that sums it up perfectly um, the more videos I watch uh, of the new Grid the more I'm convinced that they get it 
uh, especially the way that they treat the AI. The AI is such an important part to these games. Um, just the incidents that you meet on track, as we talked about, I think if they can maintain that and uh, if they're able to get all of those little, like, kind of ambient things right, it's, it's going to add up to an experience that's going to prove, once again, as you said, that, that you don't need to have this ridiculously complicated physics engine that's, that's firmly rooted in reality to have an experience that convinces you that you are in a car, in a missile, on the track, just on the edge of control. And that's something that these two games are very, very good at. So, yeah, I'm really excited to play it. I know you'll, uh, <laughs> for some reason, you'll be playing it on Stadia. <laughs> For science, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that that's why I bought a, a fucking eight hundred pound gaming rig earlier in the year, oh so God. I can use Google's cloud servers to play Stadia. Um, somebody's got to do it. I bet you will have the only review of Grid on Stadia. <laughs> maybe for like, exclusive, baby. <laughs> yeah, maybe for like a good month or two, like, and I'll have it on my PC. Uh, I just wish that, and this is what makes it even funnier being an early adopter of Stadia. I just wish that the kind of multi-screen support thing was going to be there at launch so I don't have to play it on a PC. Like, I'd love to just fucking play it on an Android phone or something for a laugh. Just, like, go to Knockhill and just play Grid just for the sake of it. <laughs> Here, I'm at, I'm at Knockhill and I'm driving on Knockhill. I don't think Knockhill's in the game, but still. Yeah, unfortunately, Project Cars 2 is still the, the only game that has that track, as far as I'm aware. So, that's... Um... Pride, pride and joy of Scotland. Oh, yeah, mate, Definitely. I mean, I have actually driven a race car there, so I mean that's my one claim to fame. <laughs> so you know how it is. So so um, grid really is legit then, endorsed by a real life racing driver. Well, I mean we know the new one is endorsed by Fernando Alonso. So that's true. Not quite, not quite Brendan from Time Extend, but um, yeah, right. Fernando is a good, um, say a, a decent enough substitute. What I will say is about that time at Not Kill. I, I, I was absolutely fucking terrified. <laughs> oh, I, I imagine, oh, it's so crazy. Like, you're so used to what you think is realistic in terms of the experience, and then we were actually sat in a, a car that wasn't even that powerful. But because it was like an open wheel race car, like, my whole body just seized up, man. See, like, that famous um, Ayrton Senna race in Brazil mm -hmm. where, like, the gearbox just completely got fucked, and he basically passed out from exhaustion as soon as the race ended. Oh, my God. That's the way my body felt afterwards. I was aching for days purely because, like, the, the G-force and stuff are so much fun. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't even set the best lap time that day, so <laughs> I'll save myself further embarrassment and stop talking about it. <laughs> was this in the Civic Type R? Uh, so it was in the Civic Type R initially for five laps, and then it was an open wheel kind of Formula Ford esque. Oh vehicle. man, that's awesome! So that's cool. Really cool. Did a, a write up for on GT Planet about it. Funnily enough. Um, oh yeah, I think I vaguely remember that. A few years I should back. Read it. Yes, it was good fun to write up purely explaining that I was absolutely dog shit and also terrified the whole time. <laughs> Dude, I just, um, we're going to end the show soon because I could do a whole nother show on this, but uh, three weeks ago there was the uh, New York Gran Turismo FIA World Tour event, uh, and I got to go, and it was like the best time uh, that I wrote about for Tom's Guide, but I participated in the media race where I was partnered with um, Takuma Miyazono, uh, who was one ah, of the Japanese yeah. drivers. And everybody was, every media person was partnered with a driver. Uh, Jordan Greer was there, and I forget who he was partnered with. But um, 
yeah, I was shaking in like, <laughs> you know, a stationary rig. Like I went out to do my warm up laps because I didn't, I wasn't actually able to do um, practice like a the half hour long or whatever practice session before the race because I got there like right before the race started. So my foot was like quivering, like my, my feet were quivering, quivering and my legs were shaking like as I went out for my warm-up lap because the pressure was that intense. So like, uh, yeah, it's never easy. And that kind of gave me um, a deeper appreciation for even what the sim racing guys do because like it's, oh man, I was so slow and I was so apologetic <laughs> to, uh, to Miyazono-san. And uh, yeah, but I can say that I have raced against Juan Pablo Montoya because he was one of the oh, featured man. drivers. That's so, so cool. yeah, me and uh, me and Kimi Raikkonen, uh, we we have that distinction. That that is a similarity <laughs> we share. Is that we have both raced against JPM. You're you're officially an esports athlete as well now. That's true. That's also true. Both of us are esports athletes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I was only a second and a half off his time, and I was like passed out for half that race. So <laughs> there you go, if you. <laughs> I'll have to tell the story about that on the, on the next show or something because it was, it was a laugh, um, but it was a lot of fun. So, so yeah, yeah. that's definitely an episode's worth. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, before then, we'll have grid to talk about. And we gotta talk about WRC too. So, um, yeah, we're in we're into the fall now, but uh, I feel like all the racing games are actually arriving like now. So yeah, um, we we'll still have some new stuff to talk about. We still have that new stuff to talk about. Some guest episodes we want to line up. And then, of course, the, the small matter, and this is something I'd be really happy to do, of the, the Christmas cast. We really need a nice featured topic for December and just, like, spend even longer talking absolute nonsense because, um, as you can probably guess, listeners, um, we, we said we'd make this episode something like 40 minutes long given we were only discussing two fairly old games. And yet, here we are at the hour mark, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit of uh, I think it's a little bit of free practice mixed in with some grid talk, but hey, I wouldn't have it any other way. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening, and we'll see you again very soon. Thanks very much, guys.